0: The Lord says in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Not just pastors, not just leaders, not just Sunday school teachers, but all flesh. Okay? All flesh. Not just the original twelve. Right. All right? Come on. on all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions, and women yeah. shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days, yeah. and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Hallelujah. It shall come to pass. It's already coming to pass. And I'm telling you what, if you think you've got the only line on what God's doing, you're you're in a misstep. Because God said He's gonna pour out His Spirit on all flesh. And I praise God for our young people. There's a stirring going on in our young people. There's a there's a time of separation and shaking. Uh Whenever you've ever bought a Christmas tree in the past, I remember we'd go, and Mom, Dad would get so frustrated because my mom would go through like 20 trees before she'd get the right one, you know. And we were always grabbing the Christmas tree, and what did you do with it? You bumped it on the ground to see if the needles fell off. If it fell off, it's dry, old, dead, been cut a long time. But if no needles fell off, you kept it, okay? That's just the traditional way we hunted for a Christmas tree when I was a kid. And So you've got to understand that sometimes God shakes things up to shake things loose that are going to hold you back yeah. so there's a shaking going on in our youth there's a shaking going on in you yeah. there's been a shaking going on in me And yeah. there's been a shaking going on in the earth ain't it yeah. Yeah. maybe God shook the earth to shake you maybe some of you are so prideful you think you got it all under control and God says you think the ground you're standing on is solid we'll see we'll see <laughs> little one a little one yeah. See our streets didn't divide in ten foot one lane's ten foot above the other like it did in Alaska. Okay, back in the day. We just had a boom boom boom. And people's houses moved a foot. And I don't say that to make light. I say that to tell you of the the immediacy of the Spirit of God. God is an eminent God. That means He is here right now close at hand. And there's nowhere, no place you can go to hide from Him. That's right. His eye sees everything. His eye is everywhere. Thank you. Thank you all for sharing that this morning. It inspires me. Excites me. All right. Well, I'm glad Pastor B's back. Because he works hard. <laughs> but it has been a joy and a, a privilege, really, to, to fill in over the past couple of days. I it's just an honor for me to speak with you and i come to you uh we're going to start reading in galatians chapter six Uh, i'll let you start turning there verse six and i come to you this morning with a word that um believe it or not god had been working on me for a long time and it just really came to light you know and over the past few hours and god was just giving me things just like at the speed of light, and I was writing them down, so it's God's mercy and his faithfulness to me, just a just a man, I'm just a goober I'm a goober that loves God, and uh because he first loved me
1: yeah. Amen.
0: while I was yet a sinner, the enemy of God, he loved loved me, and not only that, he sent his son to die for me. Last week, we talked about the basics title of the sermon, the basics. We learned about the charygma in chapter ten of Acts. That the Nicene Creed is based upon that. Kerygma meaning a concise proclamation of all that we believe about the risen Lord. His life, death, burial, and resurrection. It's very concise. And you need to know that. You need to learn that. The basics. We need to get rid of the fluff and get back to what God is really telling us. I talked to you about quoting men that are still alive. The danger in that. No vision, no word of prophecy or word of man ever supersedes the word of God. Amen. Ever. Not ever. I don't care how big his church is. I don't care how well-fitted his suits are. I don't care how many rings he has or how many airplanes he flies. They never, ever, does he supersede God's word. That's right. And so you need to understand it, and I talked about self-help books, and they're good. There's nothing wrong with them. And some authors I recommend you Beth Moore, and some of these people, you know, but with the caution that a living person can always fail you. And I told you one of my favorite authors, A.W. Tozer, and I've quoted him many times to you, and one of the reasons this is because he's a, he was a godly man. I found no error in what he's taught, and he's also dead. <laughs> so he can't turn into a goober on me, and then I look stupid because I quoted him. Um, so, the the basics. So, trust in the Lord, it said, lean not to your own understanding. Understand that your understanding is the same as the person next to you and the person next to them. We're humans. So, our understanding is limited in the flesh. So, he said, lean to lean the Lord, trust in the Lord, not in man. Not in man. So, I'm trusting in the Lord this morning. He's going to bring you a good word. And in Galatians chapter 6, the Lord teaches me things, and so I come to teach them to you. In verse 6, it says, Let him who is taught the Word share in all good things with him who teaches. You're being taught the Word this morning. And God's given me good things. And I'm going to share them with you. But understand that sometimes the good things He teaches me are hard things. Sometimes they're difficult things to swallow. Sometimes God gives me a very uplifting and, and just joyous word. Sometimes He gives me a word full of the balm of Gilead to wipe in your wounds. Sometimes He gives me an admonishing word to whip my hind parts and take me out behind the shed. And So what I have to do is I have to balance my feelings of wanting to be popular and accepted in the world's eyes and even in your eyes with the commandment of the Lord and what He would have me say to you. So it's difficult sometimes for pastors and leaders because we all want to be accepted, we all want to be loved, and we all want to be liked. But when the Lord asks us to speak a hard word, it's difficult for us sometimes because we have to make a stand, as Jacob said, and we have to say, I will please you, God, and not man. So bear with me this morning as we read the title of this sermon, Seeds and Weeds. (laughs) Seeds and Weeds. Galatians chapter 6, verse 6 says, "...let him who is taught the Word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary... While doing good, for in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Now I'm reading from the New King James, if you're reading from the King James, it says, "If you do not faint." Now you need to understand he's talking to a believer here, because he's saying you're one who's being taught. He's saying, the ones of you who are being taught don't be deceived. God will not be made fun of. He's declared a law in Deuteronomy. It's called RT, Retribution Theology. The Word gets its its uh, false belief of karma from God's original truth that says what you reap you will sow. If you sow destruction, you will reap destruction. If you sow life, you will reap life. And the world that Satan has come along with his falsified lies and they even made a show about it, you know, my name is Earl, all about karma. What goes around comes around, that's karma. That's a fallacy and a, and a uh, A false teaching. God's teaching on it is retribution theology. It means you reap what you sow, and the Apostle Paul here in Galatians is warning us that as believers, we we should not be deceived. And I want to talk to you a minute about that, because sometimes what happens for us as Christians is that there's little sins that we're holding on to, little things that we have treasured back in our heart, little things that We don't want anybody to see. And God says that His eyes see everything. His ears hear everything. And those things that are whispered in secret will be shouted from the rooftops. He told Ezekiel, he told Elijah, he told Jeremiah all the same things. The priests are in the temple, and that's us guys, we're the kingdom of priests. And they're doing things in secret behind walls, and they think that I do not see. And he let these men of God, these prophets, see through the walls and see the abominations that they were doing. And he said, great and sudden destruction will come upon them for the fallacy of their belief that I do not see the deeds that they do in secret. Because your skin is very thin. Make no mistake, your skin is very thin. And what lies underneath, we say, don't judge a book by its cover. That is so truthful. Because many times we can put on an act, we can put on a facade. Hypocrisy is literally the play acting, the Greek word. We get hypocrisy from the Greek word of hypocrisy to put on a mask to play act, to be someone that we are not. And so we need to understand, and what God wants you to understand is that if you've been praying for the fullness of the power of God and to see those miracles in your life, God first has to take you in and say, you know what, you want to see miracles? Okay, Jesus performed miracles. And the the greatest miracle of all was the rising from the dead of His own flesh, His own blood. And He did that by living a holy life. But He had to die first. And God is wanting to tell you today, you have got to die to live. You must die to live.
1: Amen.
0: You, The problem that we Christians have is getting the permission of our untamed hearts and our unconquered minds. When God asks us to do something, we don't obey. Because there are parts of us that are still unconquered. There are parts of our heart and our mind that are still untamed. And in Galatians, when it talks about reaping, Jesus talked about in Matthew the parable of the sower and the tares that grew up. Said that at night, the man had planted his field with wheat, and and he's the you know the the enemy came in and at night and he planted tares. Now we've gotten the belief that all tares are bad. Actually, all tares are not bad. All tares are not created equally. Tares are weeds. Okay, you plant wheat. Tares are are. It's prolific in the Middle East and the Bible lands, and there's different kinds of tares, and they're called Darnells. Now, I don't know if that's where Darnell got his name from, being a weed, but Darnells are not all bad. But when they grow up, they're not good for human consumption. And they would take, uh, the people would take the Darnells, and they would actually use that to feed to the, the, the crops, the livestock. And they would feed the seed of it to the chickens, the poultry. But there was a Darnell that grew up that's called a bearded Darnell, and this is a poisonous tare. It's poisonous. And when you planted the, the seed and the wheat came up and the tare grew up, a Darnell, a bearded Darnell tare, in its first form before it buds out at harvest time, looks just like wheat. You can't tell the difference in that until it is fully realized in your life. And isn't that what sin does? When it comes to full fruition, when it is fully grown in your life, it brings death. At first, it looks the same. Sometimes we can be deceived. There is a gospel being preached, preached, a gospel that there is no payment or penalty for sin. They almost preach away the punishment for sin. And then all you've got to do is have greasy grace and you can slide right into heaven. And that's a lie that's a fallacy right. that's a half truth, and we need to be focusing on the fact that when we see sometimes you know it's interesting we were talking Wednesday night and one of my brothers in christ we we got to talk about how that you know we focus on everybody else's fall uh, failure mm-hmm. and and what's wrong with them, but we don't look at ourselves and God wants you to understand this morning if i'm talking to you and I offend you. Uh, it's because, God, you needed to be offended. And I apologize up front, but it's God. Is that there are things in our lives, and when we go through trials, those trials are for a reason. Yeah. Because here's what's happening to many of you, what's happened to me in the past, and I lived through it, and God allowed me to live through it so that I could come to you and do what verse 6 says, Let him who is taught the Word, sharing all good things with him who teaches. I cannot teach what I do not know. And what I know is, is that if I walk in sin, I am going to reap the destruction of that sin. And the problem with me as a Christian many times in my life is I, I thought I was doing right. I had my ground plowed up. I'd gotten saved and I'm going along and I'm trying to do good works. But I'm still drawn, as Paul said, there's a lusting with my flesh, lusts against my spirit, my spirit against my flesh. And the two are contrary one to the other. They do not mix. And so what would happen to me is, is I'd have some good seed in this hand, and I'd have tares, bearded uh, darnels in this hand, poisonous seed in this hand. And I would go along, and I'd kick back a spot, and I would plant a good seed. And then I'd go, and I'd kick back a spot, and I'd plant a poisonous seed when I participated in some of those little sins. Okay? Now, I'm not talking about after God's given you your first chances. He's, he's, he's convicted you of sin. You said, I repent. I'm talking about when you have... He's told you a time and time and time and time again. Enough is enough. And that's what I'm talking to, and that's that's who I'm talking to today. And God is saying, you have got poisonous seeds in this hand. Open your eyes, open your hand, and drop them down. Do not participate in it anymore. Because if you continue to sow poisonous tears, you are going to reap poison. You're going to reap the destruction and the death and the the effects, the side effects of sin in your life and in your children's lives and in your grandchildren's lives, just as Pastor prophesied. And so what would happen is is that as you plant the good seed and you plant a bad seed, a good seed and a bad seed, a good seed and a bad seed, and you're not even really realizing it at first. And the seed begins to grow up. And the problem is that you look at, you stand back and your crop first comes up and it's all looking good. It all looks the same. You're deceived. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. That's right. Some of us are deceived out of ignorance for what we're doing. Others of us are deceived because of our own free will choice. We like what we like. We want what we want. And we sin because we desire to. We continue in it. And so what ends up happening is is your crop begins to grow and grow and grow and grow. Now look, God waters the good seed because He wants it to grow. The problem is, is that when it rains on the good, it rains on the bad. And that seed is growing up there, and you come along, and then when the head of the weak comes out, the head of that tear comes out. It's like, well, it, well how am I going to get that out of there? Jesus said you can't just pull up one or the other. It will tear up the others. So what ends up happening is you get in there, and it's just too hard to pick out the good from the bad. It's so intermingled that there is no line of distinction between the holy and the unholy, between the just and the unjust. And there has to be a dividing line. Jesus is that line. We cannot operate at this is the line of salvation. We come to that line and we step across and this is where we stay. Steak tastes good. When you're a babe in Christ, you drink milk. If we gave Action Jackson some piece of beef, he'd be like, roll that thing around and spit it out or choke on it. He's got to have milk. He's a babe. Some of you are babes. That's okay. But I'm talking about folks like me. If I've been in the Word a long time, some things have been revealed to me. I've seen God work in my life. I've seen things go bad when I get off back into sin. I should have sense enough to know. Come on. I'm being a meathead like I called you last week. I'm being carnally minded. Have not put that thing to death. And what ends up happening is, is I should be over here enjoying a prime rib cooked medium with a little Cajun seasoning on it. Mm, Just a little fat around the edges. Hallelujah. (laughs) Can I get a witness on that? It's good. It's better than milk. Believe me. But the problem is is that I keep going back here because those saints draw me. Let no man say when he's tempted, he's tempted of God. For God tempteth no man That's right. to sin, neither does he sin. Man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Listen, if you want to be free, you need to own up to your own lust. Come on. You need to recognize that they are yours. They're not the devil's. The devil didn't make you do it. This ain't a Flip Wilson comedy hour. Come yeah. on, own what you've done. Take responsibility for it and say, it is me, God, I failed you and I'm going to set it aside because I don't like milk anymore. I want some beef. I want some meat. I want that prime rib. And so, you know, because we're drawn back and we try to see, well, just how far can I walk that line and you know, when you get close to a fire, you smell like smoke. If you stay too close to the things of the world, you're going to start to smell like it. That's Pretty nice. soon, you're going to start, at first, the smell of it, you don't like it. Then the smell starts to get to where you can stand it. Uh-huh. Pretty soon, the smell gets to where you like the smell. Uh-huh. Pretty soon, you're just all over there wallowing in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Come
0: on. And God says of you, the, the sow has returned to her waller, and the dog to her vomit. You don't want to be that. You don't want to be that. And what God is trying to tell you is that you've grown, you've planted good seed, bad seed, good seed, bad seed. And God's saying, you, you've got to plant a good crop. Because here's the problem. I don't know if you've ever had birds or anything. You get these millet. It's a sprig of millet. It's got teeny little seeds all over it. And you hit that thing and seeds fly everywhere. Well, now imagine you've got to vacuum that stuff up. You cannot pick it up a piece at a time. Imagine now you're trying to harvest that stuff and you're pulling up the wheat and the tares are mixing all in and, and you can't get the ones. So and you say, well, I'll pull up the tares then and get them out of the way. And then I'll harvest my good crop. That don't work either. Because as you're ripping up the tares, it's pulling up the good crop that you've planted. It's not done yet. And so the tares have matured faster than the wheat now and it's just flying everywhere. And now suddenly that stuff is all, it's in every area of your life. Yeah. Now it's not only affecting you, it's affecting your wife, it's affecting your children, it's affecting your friendships.
1: Yeah. Go
0: on. And you're saved. Because you're the taught. It says right here, you're the one that's being taught. Don't be deceived. Galatians 6. And that word there, verse 9, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. That's the more perfect translation. Do not lose heart is what it means there. It doesn't mean you physically fainting. The King James says if you faint not. What it means is if you don't lose heart. For what happens with the heart? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. If you want to be a good finisher, you've got to put good things in your heart. Jesus said, Paul said, to think on things above, not on things beneath. That's
1: right.
0: If you want to be a good finisher, and not lose heart, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I talked about last week, we were talking about the whole armor of God and I saw it in a way that I'd never seen before when it talked about having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I told you I saw a great pair of feet and it was God's feet and they were bare. And I was let, sitting down kneeling before Him because His feet are the absolute, original feet of the gospel of peace. And you need to be spending time at the feet of the gospel of peace right. if you want peace.
1: That's right
0: and not spending too much time with whoever the news guy is. Y'all awful quiet.
1: (laughs) Back up to Galatians chapter 2.
0: Paul had such an envision, he he just had such a clear focus. Peter said of Paul, man, this guy says some things, they're all true, but sometimes they're hard things. Sometimes some of them are hard to understand. They weren't hard to understand when you've died. Yeah. You know what they say about women, they make better gunshots than, than men. They're better shooters. Because they don't have all that macho junk walking around like a peacock. <laughs> give me that gun. <laughs> I can shoot John like John Wayne. They start getting that Duke Swagger and stuff. Give me give me that M sixteen. <laughs> you know. The lady comes up, I know nothing about guns. What do I do? Well, oh, ma'am, you get the right stance, you square your shoulders, you do this and this and this. And she's like, pop, 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 pop. Why? She's listening to instructions. She's not yeah. stubborn, hard-headed, and manly. Why are we doing it? We're insecure. We are. I don't need to be taught anything. I know everything.
1: <laughs>
0: I can tell you right now, I don't know nothing. Last time I said I knew something, it came back to bite me big time. I'm about three pounds lighter in my rear end. I know something. Joel, do you know anything? No, I don't know nothing. I made make that mistake again because there's a big old pit bull back there. It's called the Holy Ghost. You know he's a comforter. Sometimes he comforts with big old teeth. You know something? No. No, I don't know nothing. I know I'm poor, blind, and naked, God.
1: That's right. crucified. Can I
0: not ever go back to that place again? That's right, son. You learned your lesson. Mm -hmm. You don't know nothing. Right. But what little bit I've taught you, you will never forget. That's right. That's why we go through trials. I talked to you about being steadfast, and James talked about the trials bring perseverance and patience. And in the middle of it, if you don't understand what's going on, ask God for wisdom. And it says that He will not reproach you. That means He won't. Come back and spit in your face and make fun of you because you don't have any wisdom. He'll give it to you liberally.
1: Yes.
0: But we've got to have trials because trials is that Holy Ghost pit bull that grabs me in the hind parts and says, No! You're headed for destruction and I need to stop it now before you sow too many more tares in your field and they grow up And they cause death and destruction not only in you, but in your wife and in your home and in your friends, your family and your church. Paul had a a great revelation. And in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This man was highly, highly educated. And all that stuff he said is like dung. It's manure compared with what I found out. That if I want to be successful in ministry, I have to die. Yeah. If I want to live, I have to die. If I want to be first, I've got to be last. Yeah. It's the paradoxes of serving the Lord. That's what you're struggling with. The paradox. It makes no sense. The carnal mind is foolishness to you. Because you've been taught logic. Be first. Get the biggest portion. God says, no, be last. I'll bring you up. I'll elevate you when it's time. You asked to be last. Just come in and humbly serve. Let me take care of the rest. We're going to turn over to... Uh, Let's see, Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm getting thirsty. Whoa, that was scary. Woke you up, didn't it?
1: <laughs>
0: you were still thinking about that prime rib. <laughs> Sign effects. Hunter's got a big job ahead of him editing all that stuff out. <laughs> Praise God for talented people. Yeah. I are not one. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1 says, I'll flip there with you. How about that? Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Now, what that is not... It's not just talking about you, you get a disease. It's talking about these trials... The trials that come into your life and the little things, hardships that come your way, they serve to burn out the tears. That's right. They burn out those little sins, those things that you're allowing in your life. Because you find out that you're really not who you thought you were all along. You know? And and it says that the mind of Christ, what was the mind of Christ? He was totally submitted to the Father. He says, I'm only doing what I've seen my Father do. I'm only saying what I've heard my Father say. I've come to do the will of my Father. he goes on and he says, uh, the same man, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, the lost people, when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking, parties, and abominable idolatries. Idolatries can be anything you put on your heart above service and love for God. Trials serve to burn out that poisonous tear. Turn over to uh, verse 12 of of chapter 4 of Peter. Peter says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. I thought it was strange. When it all came down... And I couldn't see light. And everywhere I looked, there was darkness. I'm like, I don't deserve this. Mm, come on. What have I done? God's like, you didn't deserve salvation either. It was grace, unmerited right. like, favor. That's right. Whoa, who do you think you are, man? You know something? Mm-hmm. Afterwards, I don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know nothing. I know Christ Jesus and Him crucified. And that only do I know. That only do I rest in, not in the arm of the flesh which is weak, but in the arm of God which He told Jeremiah as my arm shortened that I cannot save and set free. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings; that when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. When the glory of Jesus is revealed, you've gone through trials and suffering. God, He thought you was a farmer, and He come around and told you, bit you in the hind parts, and said, "You ain't a farmer. Let me teach you how to be a good farmer. You're growing the wrong seed. Grow this seed, and you begin to grow the right seed. You've, you've put away those sins." out of your life you've been holding on to from the beginning God knew it when you got saved and you walked down to the altar you had already made a choice two choices in your mind you had one choice I want to be saved I don't want to go to hell and you had made a decision in your heart I'm giving up everything but that you did you did <laughs> I'm giving up everything but that Lord, I I give my life to You, every area of my life but that. And you got it in a little box. It's got a little lock on it and you got the key. You have the key. You're a free will moral agent and God cannot take it from you. You have to lay it down. He won't rip it from your hand because He will not force His will on you in that way. That's right. But because He loves you, you will be tested. You will be tried. It is not God's curse on your life when you have trials. It is the love, mercy, and kindness of God trying to get you to unlock that box, take that final thing out, and lay it at the altar so that the dead can be raised, the blind eyes can see, the lame can walk, the lost can live again. Because you preached to them, you witnessed to them. Because nothing was holding you back. Because... In the depths of your mind, you got that box, and you're like that little character on the Tolkien trilogy, Lord of the Rings, it's the precious. It's yours. Must have the precious. When you take that thing out, you're totally transformed back into that other ugly thing. And God says, be ye not conformed to this world, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I'm telling you, God wants you to take it. The devil knows. And the devil's right there. you got that box. You want to witness somebody. And, and the whole time, God's saying, speak to them. You have the hope of glory within yeah. you. Yeah. Their family's falling apart. This yeah. one's died of cancer. This one shot himself. Yeah. Speak peace and joy. And you go to do it. And the devil says, what about that little box? Hmm? How do I know this? Because let him who teaches be taught. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't fun. It ain't easy. It hurts. Makes you sick at your stomach. Jeez. Makes you mad.
1: Yeah.
0: Fiery trials. You will rejoice because when you... You've become that good farmer God's trained you up to be. And at the end of it all, you've got a harvest. You'll be able to rejoice with exceeding joy with Jesus. You'll say, look at the harvest, God. Good things to offer you, not poisonous weeds. Something to offer the King. I want to have something to offer the King. I don't. Know, there's nothing here that I can give Him. He created this. It's like giving my dad back gas that I siphoned out of his car my dad used to fuss them boys they're getting gas out of my truck all my brothers you know needed gas to run around with you know where are you going to get it from I got no money well pop's Pop's work truck of course siphoning gas right out if you're lucky you won't get a mouthful of gas Which is kind of bad on a
1: date. (laughs) Sin
0: has consequences. You're stealing Pop's gas. You're going to have stinky breath. Chapter
1: 4,
0: verse 17. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? It now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, that's the one that's staying too close to that line. You still love those things. You can't serve two masters. Right. You will love one and hate the other. Mm-hmm. Cleave to one and re- be repelled from the other. And it's, you know, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? i tell you where they're going to appear. The Bible says they'll be on the left. The righteous will be on the right. What if you just squeak by and make it in? And you're standing there and you know that man across from you. Now, the Bible don't tell me this. I'm postulating. It's my opinion, okay? Let's make sure we get that out there. And he looks at you and says, Why didn't you tell me? Well, you see, dude, I had this little sin that I was still holding on to because it meant so much to me. And every time I wanted to share with you, mm-hmm. this guy over here, the devil, that, that little guy right there, the Weasley looking thing, I, he sounded really big in my ears. Mm-hmm. And he made me ashamed and afraid and said, you can't talk to him. You got that little box with that sentence on it. Mm-hmm. And he's going to look at you. Up. What kind of excuse is that, man? Yeah. You knew eternity was real. And so, when I see our youth getting a hold of the fact that eternity is real and this is limited, I'm excited. I'm excited by that. It says, Where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer... Look at that. Let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to Him in doing good as a faithful creator. He is sometimes that's telling you that when you suffer sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it's God allowing things in your life to get rid of that sin. Because you just won't give it up on your own, so he's like, I gotta irritate him. hmm. hmm hmm mm-hmm. And finally, it is the will of God that this thing is happening to you. It is discipline. Because He loves you to bring you back. Because there are those who are suffering. Because, look, it says, commit the will of God. Commit their souls to Him in doing good as to a faithful creator. He created you. He's going to finish the work in you. Trust Him with your heart. Everybody still with me? All right. Ephesians chapter 4, and that's the thing we're going to stop right there I don't know what time it is I don't do time 1230 let's um, Let's let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 this I say therefore and testify verse 17 I'm sorry tell them the verse Joel okay This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. The carnal mind, there it is again. That's what the devil speaks to. Your mind, not your spirit. (laughs) That evil can't understand that spirit. You speak in a tongue unknown to the devil. He's deaf to your tongues. He don't understand it. Men and angels, not men and demons. That's right. right? All right? The devil don't understand your spirit language. God does and the angels do. Not the devil. And so, when he says there, in the futility of your mind, so your mind is your enemy, the devil speaking to your mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their what? Heart. Out of the abundance of the heart. Who being past feeling, having given themselves over to lewdness, to work all in cleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard Him, and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus. Have you heard Him? If indeed you have, then you don't live like them. Have you been taught by Him? Then you don't live like them anymore. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the what? Deceitful lust. Not according to the devil. According to the deceitful lust that's within you. You've got to put that thing off. You've got to put it to death. You've got to crucify it. And be renewed in the spirit of what? Your mind. That's right. Your mind. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. There is a pseudo-righteousness. Fake-righteousness, that's what that means. Pseudo-Christianity. Greasy grace. You're alright, I'm alright. It's crept in. It's been blended in. Everything's okay as long as your conscience is okay with it. God's okay with it. He created your conscience, yes, pure and holy in the beginning. It's not that way anymore. It has to die. The old man has to die. Why do we dip under the water in baptism and rise you again? Because you need to die to self and rise into newness of life. It's a symbol of what's taking place in your life as a believer. You've got to die. My old buddy, A.W. Tozer, said it best. I'm going to re- read some of that to you. But I want to just quote to you a verse. I, it's not on the board, but it's in 1 Peter chapter 2.11. It says, beloved, beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Yeah. They war against the soul. Why do you want to fight yourself and the devil?
1: Come on. It's
0: like some kind of comedy thing or something. You're like <laughs> hitting yourself in the head and fighting the devil with his hand. That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And God says, "How are you going to win a battle like that, son? That's stupid."
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Now God called me stupid. Yeah. He didn't call you that. Okay, let's clarify that.
1: <laughs>
0: he has to call you that. I can't.
1: <laughs>
0: let's get that straight. I don't want any letters. <laughs> Unless they're full of money and encouragement.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, Lord, help um, me. You put on the new man, which was created. Uh, No, what was I reading? See, this comedy thing gets me off base. See, I that spirit of happiness in the name of Jesus. We've got to be serious to serve the Lord. Let's get serious. Stop smiling. All right. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. You're fighting. These lusts inside you are fighting against your very soul. And it's not doing you any good. I want to read something to you from Tozer. He's dead, by the way. He can't mess up and do something stupid. Become a mess freak. And in his book, The Pursuit of Man... And in chapter 4, the uh, title of chapter 4 is Victory Through Defeat. Victory Through Defeat. He says, The experiences of men who walked with God in olden times agree to teach that the Lord cannot fully bless a man until He has first conquered him. The degree of blessing enjoyed by any man will correspond exactly with the completeness of God's victory over him. The degree of blessing enjoyed by any man will correspond exactly to the completeness of God's victory over him. The cross where Jesus died became also the cross where his apostles died. The cross that saves them also slays them. And anything short of this is a pseudo faith and not true faith at all. The old cross slew men, the new cross entertains them.
1: Entertains.
0: Laughing all the way to hell. Never acknowledged and took ownership of my sin. Jesus died for my sin. He bled on the cross for my sin. Nobody else did it. Nobody else is participating in it. It's mine. I own it. And I can choose to unlock the box and lay it down. And see miracles and signs and wonders... Hear the voice of the Lord. See vision, dream, dreams, words of prophecy and knowledge. That's my prayer for you. I'm telling you, you don't want a Holy Ghost pit bull to get a hold of your hind parts. It's not pleasant. I thought I was going to need a blood transfusion after all that ordeal. My prayer for you is that you will see that God will open up your heart and say the Word of God is it's quick, powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing us under the bone and marrow of the the soul and the spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And what that's saying to you is God already sees. The Word of God is to split your heart open so you can see. The Word of God busts that box open so that you can, oh, wow. That's right. I remember. I held back a piece of my heart that day. And God's wanting to conquer you. But you've got to allow Him to be con- to conquer you. It's a lot easier to just let the Lord come in. I surrender. Than it is to be overtaken and overrun. Mm-hmm. I can tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish I would have surrendered. And not had to been overrun. But I'm kind of one of them hard-headed guys. But I got it. It got inside my thick skull. Guess what? It's going to have a hard time getting out. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? And I'm going to pray and dismiss y'all. And if you want prayer for anything, anything at all, as I've said before, I'll pray with you. It is my heart's desire to see you set free. Uh, and, it, you know, like I said, the, the, the altar call is for anybody that wants prayer for healing or finances or anything, or whether it's little petty sins that you need to open up and lay before the Lord. Um, because guarantee you the ground's level at the cross we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory so don't let that hold you back don't be ashamed Um, don't be embarrassed they won't know what you're coming up here for you could be coming up here for healing prayer for your finances prayer for some other thing they're not going to know they're not going to know God knows and you ain't even got to tell me you can just say, Pray for me. That's right. I need God done. I know I'm, I'm, you just just tell me, hey, I'm unlocking the box and I wanna lay it down. That's all. That's all you guys you ain't gonna tell me what it is. I don't need to know what it is. I'm not God. I got my own box, but it's unlocked now. All right? Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the power of your word, God. Yes. It sets men free. It has set me free, God. Lord, You've given me peace that passes understanding, Lord. God, I just thank You for the joy in my heart once again, God for so many years Lord I had just no joy Lord I had lost my joy the enemy tried to take it from me but God you stepped in you were faithful Lord you saw me through God hallelujah and I can testify to it and I can say truly the Lord has not forsaken me truly the Lord has led me through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me God nothing doubting no man can take my peace because no man gave it to me you alone, holy God, gave me back my peace. Lord, my peace was in man. Lord, my peace was in my own ability. But Lord, You broke me. You took me. You conquered me. You slew me, Lord. You laid me upon the altar, God. And now my peace rests in You. And I don't have to thank any man for it. But I humbly, Lord, I just humbly come and thank You, God. I give You praise and glory and honor. healing in my body healing in my mind healing in my marriage and healing Lord every bit God whole God what you've done for me you're no respect of persons you can do for every woman man, child baby in this place God Every arm or limb that is dislocated. Every mind that is uneasy. Every mind that is racing and locked up in fear right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke your spirit of fear over this place in the name of Jesus. You are not welcome here. Perfect love casts out fear and the perfect love of a holy God is here today. It's an open heaven in this place today. Every day the Spirit of God dwells here. It's an open heaven. In Jesus' name, I release you to go to your homes and love on your family, love on your wife, love on your kids, love on God. Take a stand. Don't hold anything back. Give it all to Him. The ugly stuff. He's already seen it. It's not new to Him. I release you in peace. Let peace rest on your house. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen.